Thank you. Uh, so when I was a I, when I was a kid, I have a lot of memories as a little kid of seeing stuff in the demonic, just freaking me out, having night terrors and stuff like that. I haven't seen anything since I've been an adult, and I'm pretty sure neither has my wife. Uh, 4 a.m. this morning, uh, my wife wakes up and sees this little black orb kind of moving along our bed, the side of our bed, and she goes, what is that? What is that? And I wake up to her going, what is that? What is that? And so I'm terrified. Immediately, my heart's pounding like crazy, and I'm like, what? 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 Because I don't see anything, and then all of a sudden, I see something crawl up on her bed and sit right there, and I was like, ah, ah, and then all of a sudden, my wife was like, what is that? And then I hear, I'm Audrey, and our three-year-old daughter tells us. And just a short two hours later that I stayed awake, I had breakfast with Steve, and it was a, it was a good day. But man, I was, uh, my heart was exploding in my chest. <clears throat> that has nothing to do with what I'm going to tell you, but I thought. No, no, that is really true. It happened this morning. Um, but and I started, we started cracking up after that. It was really funny, but. Um, glad we didn't traumatize my daughter by screaming at her. <laughs> uh, so this, um, this last week, uh, I had like all a convergence of my biggest triggers in one. Uh, my wife went on a trip. She went out of town. Uh, so that's, that was always a big trigger, my wife just being gone. Uh, but she left the kids with me. I have a three-year-old and a six-month-old. And the six-month-old had taken a bottle, uh, just... Three, ti- three or four times before she left. Um, she'd been breastfeeding the whole time. And so uh, I was pretty scared, um, but I, one, I knew that I needed a plan. And so I created a plan, wrote down a long list of people to connect with, because uh, it's really hard to, uh, it makes it really difficult to want to look at porn when you feel really connected to other people. So I connected with some people from back home. I'm from Phoenix. I connected with my youth pastor, talked for, with him for an hour, and uh, just called all sorts of people. Uh, some people didn't know what to do with it. I was just like, hey, just want to see how you're doing. They're like, uh, let me, okay, let me call you back later. And then, you know, never did. They felt uncomfortable. It's, it's okay. Uh, but I, I felt good. Uh, I decided just not to dabble with uh, non-life-giving things, which uh, for for me, sometimes I, I like watching movies, but sometimes I can do it just as a way to escape and do nothing and feel nothing. And so I just decided not to do that until the last day. I watched a, a few. Um, but uh, I was in a good space. To, when I got there, I was in a good space. Um, yeah, I, I took ownership for how I felt. At first, I was feeling bitter about my wife going out of town, doing something fun, leaving me with the kids. Uh, even though I said, yeah, do it, I started to do this victim thing and a guy in my group started talking about victim thing, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, I, man, I do that all the time. So uh, I was processing with Shay, and he's like, all right, just do not blame her for anything that's going on inside of you. Take ownership. And I did, and I, was, I wasn't bitter at her when she got back. I was happy to see her. Man, it was, uh, it was something I could not have done in my entire life before 
before coming into this room, before uh, just getting really deep and real with some guys. And uh, that's my testimony. It's just, I feel, feel awesome about it. Uh, a few weeks ago, my wife spoke up front from here, and she freaking did so good, man. I just, just the pride that I felt, just, oh, yes. Oh, man, it was good. Um, it, you know, it made me think, it made me real, uh, want to share this truth with you that it may be hard for some of you to hear, but there's no such thing as the one. There's no such thing as the one, this perfect one that you're perfectly matched with that God chose for you. I, I don't believe that's in the Bible anywhere. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and I, I, I checked with some people, and um, yeah, there's no such thing as one. There is the one that you choose, which means when it gets difficult, it's still your ownership of that, of that relationship. I choose you no matter what's going on right now. This isn't God's fault that we're not connecting uh, or that we're having a tough time that we can't understand each other. I chose this person, and I feel so happy that I chose my wife. And not just because she spoke and it was a good word, but, man, um, I didn't feel that at first when I first got married but I was pretty darn broken, so I'm not surprised. Uh, but I just feel happy. I just wanted to say that. I am happy. So I want to talk about some, the basics of getting better, something that I know is really crucial uh, for a lot of guys in here. It's just like, how do I get sober? Um, I've been sober for a while now, and uh, it's, there's a lot I can talk about like in this place, how to get better, but there are some things that I think are really just key basic, and if you want to stay sober, you still need to do these things. Uh, what will get you better is going to keep you better. So first of all, I, I kind of listed out six things, and I'm not going to go through all of them in depth, uh, but the first one is you need to, one, just make a decision that you're all in. If you spent 20 years uh, learning how to connect every single emotion you have with um, an orgasm, or with an adrenaline rush from looking at porn, or just checking out girls on the internet, or uh, meeting up with somebody. If you spent years feeding into that, and you want to go at freedom and purity just half-hearted, you're freaking nuts. It just won't work. You have to decide that, hey, this thing that I sowed into for 20 years, it's there's a lot, I've reaped, reaped a lot of that stuff. Now, it's going to take some time to dig in and uproot all the things that I planted for the past 20 years. Uh, so you need to decide, one, I'm all in. And I think Ken does a really good job at um, talking about this. Uh, there are some podcasts where Ken actually um, shares on being all in and surrendering. Uh, and so you should check that out. People play the game different when you keep score. And part it's hard for a lot of single guys because it doesn't feel like there's a score. Like, yes, I'm okay, I want to stay connected with God and I want to do this for me. Uh, but I'm married, and there's a lot of guys who are married in here who uh, have really jacked up their relationship with their wife because of this. Um, and so I want to just encourage single guys, like, play like you're fighting for your wife now. Uh, because what you're doing is fighting for your wife now. Because what you're doing now is exactly what you will be doing in your marriage. There's no such thing as this is going to fix anything. Your, how you live your life and your purity and your freedom and just your habits, uh, it's like playing guitar. I, I, uh, somebody asked me to play. I play guitar a bit and had written some songs. And so this guy was like, hey, I'm having an open mic night at my house. Why don't you come uh, play? And it was just like, it's tonight. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah, totally. I got some stuff. So I borrow my friend's guitar. I go in the back room of his house. Everyone's talking. So I'm like playing really quietly. I'm like, okay. 
sing this part. Okay, yeah. I, th- I got this down. Okay, yeah. No, it's good. I- I'm good with the songs. So I get out there, and as I start playing, I realize that the guitar is tuned like a full step down. Uh, so I hadn't actually realized that because I was playing really quietly. Uh, and so I started singing out loud and realizing like, wow, I'm actually at a lower key than I normally start at. And so when I get to the low part of the song, it was like, and I love you. And then it was just so embarrassing, like getting to this part that I couldn't sing. Uh, but it made me think, I just thought of that story when I thought about your marriage. When you get married, it's going to amplify everything that's going on in your life right now. That's all it does. And that's a really good thing. Uh, that's what marriage is meant to do. It's meant to bring out the great things that are inside of you. But you need to start doing that now or else what's coming out of you is exactly what's going on right now. Um, so play like you're keeping score. A lot of people, no, not a lot of people, this is kind of just a general principle. People change and they make decisions in life based on either pain or purpose. Some of you, a lot of us have made the decision, I need to get better because I've caused a lot of pain in my life or I've caused a lot of pain in my marriage. Uh, And it's really good. It's okay to let that motivate you. Pain is a good motivator to go, I don't want to feel this anymore. I think God put that in as, hey, you know how this sucks being alone and being isolated and not being known by anybody? Yeah, that's painful, right? You should probably change that. Uh, But that pain shouldn't stay the same motivator. You need to find purpose. So not where am I going, where am I leaving, but where am I going to now? Uh, What do I want my, uh, uh, one of the guys in my group gave me great homework this past week because I kept thinking about like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to be, do anything stupid while my wife's gone. Um, I know some of my pitfalls. And, and he said, hey, why don't you just focus on how successful you're going to feel afterwards and what success looks like. Uh, and so it just changed my, like, I don't want to feel pain to, oh, I have a purpose for this week. I'm going to come out on the other end just having rocked it, been the best dad in the world and been the best husband, let my wife go out and experience fun, and I'm just going to take care of things. And that's exactly what happened. But it took going turning my eye from, I don't want to feel this, to, this is what I want. So, um, two, you need relationships. The two key relationships you need to start on your journey to purity, to getting sober and freedom, uh, is one, other guys. So, you need to be in a small group. You need to be connecting with people and processing and letting stuff out on a regular basis, but you also need Jesus. Uh, And some of us are really opposed to that because you know, we feel like we've been hurt by God in the past. Um, and I was really opposed to letting Jesus in because I felt like he abandoned me at some point um, when I felt like I needed him most. And so it took me a while to realize, oh man, I can actually, I can stop touching my penis and I can stop looking at porn uh, for quite a while. I can do really well without having a close connection with God, uh, but I don't have freedom at all. And there is a huge difference between there's a line I'm trying not to cross, and then there's a direction that I'm heading. And if you want to actually head in the direction of freedom, you need Jesus in that process. Uh, there's this movie that I saw that was about sex addicts getting um, freedom. And the guy in the movie, what he would do is he would uh, go, when he had to go to a hotel room, he would ask them to remove his TV. He would give his laptop to his assistant when he, he was traveling for work. Uh, and then he would just Call somebody, chill in his hotel room, do whatever. But he just took out all those things. And I was like, oh, man, that's so awesome. Uh, but then later in the movie, he, you know, he messed up. There was conflict. He uh, relapsed, what have you. And I realized, like, oh, this is really good to have, to make sure you have good disciplines in your life. But the reason why he'll need that forever is because he doesn't have Jesus. 
And Jesus didn't come to give us freedom from having fun. He didn't come to give us freedom by listing out a ton of rules. He came to give us freedom for freedom's sake. So that means a lot of the stuff you're laying down now is not going to be laid down forever. So some of you have to give up drinking right now. Some of you have to give up Netflix. And some of you have to give up watching YouTube, getting on the internet. Some of you have to give up your iPhone uh, and get a, a flip phone or something like that. This isn't forever, but it's a really good idea to invest in, I'll do whatever it takes right now so that 10 years from now, it could be a lot sooner, but 10 years from now, I'm going to be solid. And you can hand me any kind of device preloaded with stuff, and I'm going to be okay. It's not going to grab me. You need Jesus in order for this to work. Uh, so decision, you need to be all in. Two, you need relationships. Three, you need vulnerability. Uh, my idea of vulnerability is share everything. Uh, not with everyone, but your small group's a really good place to start that. Uh, especially the things that you feel shame about. The things that you swore that you would never tell anybody. I think literally every time I've stood on the stage, I've said, hey, make sure you share with somebody something you've never shared before. Something you swore you would never tell anybody. Uh, I found a ton of freedom in this, especially at Manifest. It's probably three years ago. Is me and my guy, my small group in a room, and uh, I, I don't remember how it started, but one of us is like, "Hey, I did this one time," and uh, and then another guy, and it was like it was something. It was like, "Oh, that's that's a bummer. That's pretty gnarly." Uh, and then another guy shared another one of his things, uh, and the rest of the guys are like, "Oh, I did that too before." And then we just went off for like an hour, just letting out every single thing that we had ever done that we felt any shame about. Uh, and it was, it, was, it, was, it was dark. There was some really dark things that people have done uh, that I shared the things that I'd done. Some of it's funny because, you know, oh, that was so stupid. And, uh, but some of it is really gnarly. But you have to get it out or else you cannot be known. You will always, always say, well, if you only knew this thing. If you have something that only you know, you need to get it all out because shame is a cancer and it just goes and starts building up in there and it's going to come out. There's a lot of symptoms in our life just from shame, from the things that we've done that just saying it out loud goes, oh, hey, there's something, th this is it. And then not being judged, like Mark said, sometimes you have to fake it. Sometimes you have to go like, I'm not judging you right now. That's totally okay. You did that and that's not weird, but it really is. Uh, it's okay to feel that. It's okay. Just make sure that you love this person uh, because none of us are any different than the other guys in here. Uh, there's some guys in here who have done things that I have never done before that are way, way more, say, messed up than I've done. But I am, when I hear these guys share this thing, I'm like, oh man, I was actually headed in that exact direction. Everything about what I was doing was not like, oh, this is actually like a, I, was, I had a pretty tame impure life. Now, there's no such thing as that because it really is a cancer that will grow up. None of us are different. Share your stuff. Holding stuff in destroys self-love, and it erodes every uh, relationship that you have because there's that thing there. So make sure you share that. Um, four, you need connection. And part of connection, I know I said relationship, but part of connection is asking for help and doing it on a regular basis. Uh, a lot of us are opposed to that because one, we're men, so we wanna feel like we, uh, we wanna feel like we have this together. We wanna feel like, you know what, I got this. It's you and me, God, we, we're in this together. 
I really feel like there's a lot of times God wants to say, no, it's not just you and me. That's why there's like a thousand other guys around you right now. It's not just you and me for a reason, because you can't, there's, God designed it this way that we would ask for help from other guys. Uh, And some of us actually hide in the guise of, it's me and the Lord. I have a great relationship with the Lord when really the Lord's like, trying to deflect. He's trying to say, you need other people. There's a lot of guys. And you know what? There's a lot of guys who need you too. As messed up as you feel, and as sometimes you're going to call people and be like, oh man, they don't want to hear from me. Dude, some of the worst phone calls that I've got from guys about how screwed up, how much of a dumb thing they've done has really helped me go like, oh my God, I I don't want to go there. I don't want to do what that guy did. And like I said before, I know that I've been that guy. I know that I've had all that same stuff. So anything that any guy shares with you, especially if he's in a dark place, dude, that's that's us without Jesus and and without this room. That's us without relationship. We know we could be there. So go ahead and soak that in and go, one, I'm glad I'm not there. You may be there, but one, I'm glad I'm not there. And you know what? I'm not going to go there. So I'm going to decide. Some of the things I've heard, I decided, okay, what am I going to do today to make sure that never happens to me? So not just I don't want to be in that kind of pain, but I've seen guys' lives get really messed up, some broken families. And you know what? I, I, I take that and I run with it. Number five is get to know yourself. So you need guys to do this. Um, some of you guys are like, nah, you know, like I'll just do a lot of like answer some questions, really look at myself in the mirror, but actually other guys are a giant mirror sometimes. And you're like, wow, I never saw that. Um, Mark called me the other day and said, Hey, can I talk to you about this one thing? And he totally just held up a mirror of something that I didn't know that I didn't know. I just had no, you know, there's a lot of things that we just don't know that we don't know. And the only way to learn the things that we don't know that we don't know about is from other people. So stop thinking that you can learn. You know what? I can get this. You need to ask for help on a regular basis. Make calls. Have fun with people. Um, Oh, I think I backtracked a little bit. Get to know yourself. Okay, yeah, you need other people. So uh, what do I feel? What am I feeling right now? What's this? What's going on inside me? The tiger feeling wheel is just something. Type in tiger feeling wheel online. Print it out. Get to know emotional words. Really, that's our language has so much to do with how we get better. Uh, Some guys in my group a long time ago, he said every week he was married and at the school ministry and like, man, there's this hot babe and oh, this chick, she was so good looking. And oh man, uh, she was just so, she was so hot. He was using all this chick, babe, hot all this kind of language, and I said, hey, stop using those words. And it actually helped that all of a sudden he saw, well, my language is actually feeding into how I'm viewing these women. My language was feeding into the anger that I was feeling. You know, I thought, well, if I just say the F word right now, it'll really just make me really feel it. Uh, But it didn't. It just go, hey, why don't I just pour some water on this weed and let it get bigger? Um, And so I realized, oh, I need to do that. I realized what I, what I needed right there. I realized some of my triggers. Uh, I am very familiar with my triggers now. So I'm not going to actually hit a time without my wife where I don't know what pitfalls lay ahead of me. Uh, so I actually will go into any situation that I know is potentially tempting. Tonight, I'm actually driving down to San Jose after we get done here because uh, i got to be at work in San Jose at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. And I'm going to be in a hotel for three days by myself. And 
yeah, that, there's a lot of pitfalls there, but I'm actually going to go in with a plan so that I don't, actually, I don't have to just hope it works out. It's really dumb to just hope it's going to work out. When you go to a place, a lot of you guys, sometimes that's the weekend um, after work's all done. Some of you guys, it's just after a, after a missions trip, you hit this really high high, uh, want to stay there forever, and when it doesn't last forever, you're like, wow, I want to look at porn right after I healed that guy, after I prayed for that guy. Dude, it happens all the time. Before you get to that place, go, oh, you know what? I think there's a possible pitfall on the other side, a trigger that I may have, and make a plan for it. Make a plan going into it. Get to know yourself. And then lastly, which I had planned on the bulk of my talk being, but obviously that's not going to happen, is uh, killing passivity. Passivity is avoidance. It's irresponsibility. It's yes when you mean no. It's helplessness, powerlessness, being risk-averse. I had no idea how interlinked with my penis problem, my porn problem, it passivity was. Because as I was growing up, I would want to masturbate, and then I would go to the bathroom and do so. Uh, and then I would want to look at porn, and when it was accessible, I did so. And uh, I, I nurtured, I want it now, so I'm going to get it now. Uh, and a that kind of, I need it now, instant gratification, I nurtured that for my entire life so that when I got to this place where I'm like, okay, I want to stop looking at porn, I actually had to really, really work on doing things that only had a long-term gratification out of it. Uh, one of those things was, and it's just really simple. It doesn't even have to be with purity. I just realized, okay, this is not, I want instant gratification, so what am I going to do? I'm going to do push-ups every day. Ten, just ten. Uh, and that's not, you know, that's not going to do jack squat. Like right now I can't actually button my pants. Uh, but I know that every time I do this and then nothing happens, and, you know, I get a good, increase my heart rate. I did that, uh, starting in April last year. I did 10 every day in April. Then I did, uh, 15 every day in May, then 20 every day and and so forth. I just increased it five till by December. I think I was doing like 45 or 50 every single day. Uh, and what it taught me just even over that six months was one, I can do something even though I'm not going to get anything out of it right then. Um, and I can, I can actually stick with something. That was another part of it was I just didn't realize that some of this stuff with purity is you just have to do the same things over and over. I got to make another call. Shouldn't I have graduated from connecting with other people by this point? And then lastly, porn is all about having intimacy without any relationship. There's never any porn I saw where people had a deep conversation that they had to jump over, you know, communication barriers and interpret what each other was feeling and then try to work through it to have a better connection at the end. Porn doesn't give you any of that, uh, and neither does masturbation. Masturbation is like, oh, I want to have this good, intimate connection, but I don't want to do it with anyone else, just myself. Uh, and... That was, a, that was a giant part of my passivity, a part of getting better, was realizing how much stuff I try to, how much intimacy I try to get without actually having any way to risk being hurt, without having any way to be exposed at all. You don't have to be exposed in porn because they're never going to say no to you. 
You don't have to feel hurt in any way because nobody's ever going to look at your wiener and say it's small. Nobody's ever going to bash something about you personally because there is no relationship with it. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's just really deep. I realized how deep it went that everything about that porn is is trying to get some intimate need met without having any kind of risk. And so now with my wife, I carried right into my marriage with my wife. I wanted to have sex without having any real deep connection there because that's all I knew how to do. All I knew how to do was have an orgasm all about me. It was have myself have an orgasm be like, sweet, that was great for me. Um, and it took me a long time to realize like, oh, this is supposed to be about an intimate connection with my wife. Uh, this is supposed to be, we're at the end of this. It's not really about an orgasm. It's not really about an orgasm at all. It's about being connected with my wife uh, and knowing that we're intimate. So you need to make a decision. You need relationships. You have to do this stuff over and over. You need to let out the things that you swore you would never tell anyone. And I encourage you at least say one of those tonight. If your heart's beating because you have that thing and you're like, ooh, that's, it's probably a good time for that. You need connection. Ask for help. Get to know yourself. And go after the things that you're avoiding. Go after the things in your life where you're afraid to risk, where you're afraid to be hurt by other people because it's usually the place that we need to go. It's relationships that hurt us, but it's relationships that are going to heal us as well. I think that's it. Thank you.